We gotta, we gotta go. We gotta hurry. We do. This is a, this is a meaty one. There's some meat on these bones. Uh, <laughs> Certainly um, hope so. Um, no tangents. That's never gonna happen. Chance. We missed it. What did we miss? We missed our one-year podcast anniversary. Oh, it was last week, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was, because April 4th was the first day. April 4th, we burst onto the scene in all of our glory, and a lot of people listened, and then nobody listened for a while, and then some more people listened, and now we're back at the nobody kind of listens it's valley. Yeah. It's been it's been peaks and valleys, but more peaks. I'm ready for that third wave. Yeah. I, I mean, more peaks lately. We've been... Keeping it, we're we're, we're, trend, we're trending up. Yeah, we've been trending up. So thank uh, you, dear listener. Yeah, for thank spending you. your year with us, or maybe less. Yeah, uh, I think we've learned a lot in a year of podcasting. We made some good friends. Mm-hmm. Still haven't gotten to play Monster Hunter with Alden yet, but I'm really hoping to. The real podcast is the friends we made along the way. It's true. The tangents and the feuds and the friends. That's our new podcast. That's our new podcast. Tangents, feuds, and friends. We did have that idea. For uh, United in Hatred. Yes. <laughs> the United in Hate podcast. <laughs> yes. Take two enemies, find something that they like even less than each other, and bring them together as one. It's true. Oh, and speaking of that, Adam Levine. It was an April Fool's joke on Twitter. Um, we will never become the Levine Lovers podcast. Um, <laughs> though I would have loved recording one and releasing it on April 1st. <laughs> Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Um, so if that happened already, April Fools. <laughs> yes, we'll never tell. We'll never wink. Because we'll forget. We will. There's no wink there. <laughs> we will. We absolutely, absolutely forget. will forget. But yes, we will. Uh, we are still united in our hatred of Adam Levine. So Adam Levine, don't come on the show. Just worth repeating. Brought to you by Travel Centers of America. Unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Boy Meets World Fever. And I'm one of your hosts, Cameron. And I'm your other host, Chance. How you doing, Chance? I'm good, Cameron. Travel Centers? It's a big truck stop chain. Oh. You probably see them. It's got the big blue T and the red A anytime you drive anywhere. Okay. They're all over the place. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We feature a truck stop semi-prominently in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Two scenes. Two whole scenes. Mm-hmm. One scene? No. Just one. Yeah, just one scene. It's kind of a longer scene. It is. It's very pro- It's the centerpiece, you could call it. A bit classist of a scene, maybe? Well, yes. This is this is a kind of a wild episode. Yeah. I, I wasn't kidding when I said it was meaty. Um, just so you know, before you reminded me of the one year, I was going to say this was a meaty one, so we can't do tangents and then start talking about our favorite cuts of meat. Oh. <laughs> I like a good ribeye. I love a good ribeye. Everybody's good. New York Strip, mm-hmm. it's a little cheaper, but it is very tasty. I mean, I feel like I was raised on sirloin, so that's always been I a mean, favorite it's, it's of mine. It's another cheap one. Yeah, I, I haven't had a good steak in a really long time. Oh, we should have you over sometime. Yeah. We have Sarah's dad's marinade recipe. Ooh, it's a secret. Wow. But it's very good. Uh, the last time I made steak, I did it in the frying pan, and I did it with the whole, like, 
you put the herbs in the like mountain of butter and you, and you baste it on mm-hmm. there just for a few minutes and you finish it in the oven real fast. That sounds good. Um, it was delicious. And then I haven't had steak in like a few years just because I don't have a kitchen. That's true. That does make it hard. Yeah. We, we do the charcoal grill. I love the I love a charcoal grill. This was a new way that I was doing it, and it was, it was very tasty. Mm-hmm. But a good steak on a grill, that's hard to beat, too. So, love a good steak. Yeah. So, listeners, tell us your favorite steak. Maybe you're a vegetarian and you like cauliflower steak. Tell me about that. Tell us about that. Because I don't understand it, but I'm willing to learn. Yep. He probably still won't understand it. But, you know. You know. Willing to learn. I, and I'm a big tofu fan. Tofu is good. Yeah, tofu is good. Lately, I don't know if I've said it on here before, but with my students, we watch these videos. At the end of the day, while we're waiting for the buses, it's from, um, I forget, Kiwami Japan is the name of the YouTube channel, I want to say. But it's all of these, he makes all these knives out of random stuff. And we watched one yesterday where he made the world's sharpest knife made out of tofu. He made the world's sharpest knife made out of tofu. Mm -hmm. This is a... Wow. (laughs) It's absolutely wild. And a real ASMR experience, which I'm not going to subject our listeners to our attempts to that again. Yeah, that was a one-time joke. You you told me about the one where he makes the world's sharpest knife made out of milk, and I am still baffled. Mm -hmm. You told me it wasn't freezing it, which is what I would be like, okay, so he froze milk, and then like... Well, he does a few other things with it. But there's some, like cardboard. He just uses cardboard. Well, sure. And makes it, presses it in such a way that it's pretty strong. He made one out of chocolate. See, those those I understand. He made one out of smoke. Well, okay. I can see Because you can just that. collect the smoke yeah, over time. Yeah, you collect the particles, yeah. Um, made one out of seashells and sand. Well, yeah, okay, sure. Or in seawater, maybe. Yeah, that one. They, all, they all make sense. Tofu, though. Tofu. It's still the milk one that gets me. Pasta. Well, see, again, another solid. I get it. Yeah, but milk. It's hard to wrap your mind around. He made one out of candy. I think I told you this, and at the end he melted it back down and put it back in the packager that is like jelly candy, and then he ate them. Oh, well. Or at least made the video seem like he ate them. Okay. Well, I mean, what is what good is a knife if you can't eat it afterwards? I'm saying. Well, this is fascinating. I'll have to check out these videos. I'll probably forget. Probably. That's a, that's our <laughs> promise to you, dear listener. We're oh. probably going to forget. We probably will. Um, But what our other promise to you is we're going to cover this... Kind of wild episode of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to verbally process it. Uh, like an episode a little while ago, I'm not exactly sure how I felt. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, it's, a, it's a strange one. Um, <laughs> we're going to have our work cut out for us in a few areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just jump into it. I guess the synop is mine this yep. week. It's on you. Uh, huh. It's episode 320, I Never Sang for My Legal Guardian. Yeah, I Never Sang for My Legal Guardian. Um, a good a good title. Mm-hmm. A good title. Um, I, it, it's a weird episode. It's a weird episode to know how to summarize. Um, Sean and Turner are feeling trepidatious about their living arrangement. Uh, so Turner decides it's time to become his full-time legal guardian um, and move them into a new place, which kind of sends Sean into an emotional place. Corey becomes a realtor <laughs> and Chet's there. Ugh, just the worst. I mean, yeah, on examination, you're probably right. Um, and that's going to be my setup because it's kind of weird. Yeah. Eric is a tutor. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> really, really stuck with Chance. Yeah. You know, I was uh, thinking about that episode, um, that the one that just came out this last week, where Eric dates Brenda Marsh. Uh-huh. Why was that in there? 
It makes far less sense than this Eric plot. <laughs> this at least is trying to, like, teach Eric something. I was trying to think, like, if they... Like, it didn't even add drama. Like, it wasn't like, oh, she's dating Eric now, but she's really supposed to be dating Turner, and it's a love triangle thing. Like, no, it's yeah, just... Yeah, it just... It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. <clears throat> Nothing was earned. Uh, it, it wasn't even all that funny. It, yeah, it wasn't. And, like, the, the takeaway is, like, if you're 27, you've been to Europe. <laughs> It's true. It's not true. Unless you live there. Yeah. And you've always been to Europe. Yeah. If you're an American 27-year-old, you've been, you've been to Europe. <laughs> um, so. Um, yeah. So should we just maybe talk about Eric's plot up front? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it's just basically Eric and Feeney, and they don't really interact. He interacts with Corey a little bit, but they don't really intersect anything. Yes. I do have a question about uh-huh. the subplot. Was the end goal from some of the writers early? To have Eric follow the path of Feeney. Like, is that what this is all leading up to? I could really see that, honestly. I, I really could, too. Like, the whole him learning that the world is hard and learning about responsibility, even though he really didn't, but we'll glaze yeah, over well, it. Yeah, it, it's unimportant. And now, like, him really caring about college, and now this whole, like, oh, learn the value of teaching someone something. Mm-hmm. Like, is this all a setup in the early seasons to have Eric go into education like Feeney? I could really see that. And I feel like even season four, some yeah. steers into that. At least in one episode that I can think of. Yeah, there's a there's a scene specifically, another like Eric learns the value of teaching moment mm-hmm. in season four that I was specifically thinking about. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you really see that, especially because I feel like Feeney and Eric have a really good relationship. Like, they just have a fun relationship throughout the whole show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of having Eric follow in Feeney's footsteps really makes sense. Mm-hmm. And like all good plot character development in this show, they kind of <laughs> throw that by the wayside. It, it's true. I, again, we've, we've discussed it, but Sean is the only one that ever gets an arc. And, and I think Sean, this whole season, has been the product of good character development. This episode is going to make maybe challenge that a little bit, but up until this point, like Sean has gone from the kid who blew up a mailbox, um, the kid who wanted to be in a gang, to now in um, uh, life lessons, the kid who's really learned the value of education at least somewhat, mm-hmm. and learned to stand up for what he believes in. Like Sean has this arc, and where Sean ends up. I can actually see that trajectory in him, mm-hmm. like like developing a poetic side, a artsy side. I can really see that for Sean, um, but no one else grows, even though I feel like we're in early stages of their growth. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And so we, I think we see another layer of that in this episode of like the, at the end of season two, because I mean, the events that happened at the end of season two, the last two episodes influence this entirely with like yeah sean feeling like a caged or a good dog howling at the moon and like he wants to be free and not really feeling like he belongs or fits in mm-hmm. and kind of playing off of what happened in uh, pink flamingo kid a little bit yeah it's like the fit your family's always there for you clearly the lesson still isn't learned even though it kind of was i, I don't know i have thoughts about sean but the beauty is about the sean plot the beauty about the Sean plot is um, it's a complicated situation, so it having a complicated, like... Resolution-ish? 
resolution is okay. It's not the way like I would have maybe wanted to see it go, but we'll get there. But Eric's plot specifically, uh, just kind of tying it back around to that, like I feel like they're really setting up, especially the second half of this season, for a much more like, oh, Feeny is my mentor. Feeny is my Feeny is the person who cared about me and took like initiative with me. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's taught he me. He let me date his niece one time. Yes. Like, I want to follow in his footsteps kind of deal that just doesn't, like, pan out. It goes nowhere. If if Girl Means World Knowledge is to be taken into account, it goes absolutely nowhere. <laughs> Who knows where it goes with him, honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I could see Eric becoming a teacher and then a principal way more, like, realistically than I could Corey. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but we'll we'll talk about Corey as a teacher when we get there. Because we're gonna get there. Yep. Oh, will we ever? <laughs> um, so anyway, that was just, just saying. He might be a worse teacher than Feeny. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to. I don't know. Um, it's gonna be a wild ride. Um, but yeah, I, I just had that question. It was just so prominent in my mind during this. Like, is this where this is going? Eric in education could be, but it's not. It's not. All right. Well, let's talk about Eric's plot. Um, Feeny comes to Eric, bringing him his paper that he wrote. Apparently he's in European history now, which doesn't make sense because a few episodes ago they were talking about uh, Reconstruction. Maybe he's just taking all the Feeney classes he can. Would he, though? I guess because he likes Feeney. Yeah. But he doesn't do well in them. (laughs) He probably is too dumb to fill out his own, like, classes he wants. So Feeney just does it for him and he's like, oh, no, Dr. Sorella is going to eat you alive, Eric. I'm going to put you in my class. Uh Because I'm going to treat you right in there. Yes. Um, But Eric's done really poorly on his paper. Uh No surprise. And he's like, I worked really hard on this. Where did I go wrong? And he's like, probably when you took that ride in the dryer in the fifth grade. Is this the first time we've heard about the dryer ride? Because I feel like it's not. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. This is the first time it's come up. Yeah. Okay. It was the roller coaster. Yeah, the roller coaster I remember. The six hours. Round (laughs) and round. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he says, but if I didn't, my hair would look like Corey's. Yes. Just kind of <laughs> funny. <laughs> my hair would still look like Corey's. Um, yeah, but then he and Feeney are talking, and Feeney's like, or we're go- I'm talk- talking about tutors, and he's like, but all the tutors said they wouldn't work with me anymore. Um, and Feeney's like, yeah, they, they did say that. They, they had a meeting. Um, but remember, the last time, Eric, we see him with a tutor, the tutor tried to take advantage of him. It's true. And tried to use him for his body. It's true. And maybe all of the tutors in John Adams are attractive women. Mm, who, he's just like, no. Well, yeah, they're, they, they all just come on to Eric when they go. And that's why none of them are going for the jock. The jock isn't going, can't be put with any of them because he'll be distracted by the pretty girl. Probably not. This is this is my new headcanon. It works. Um, but yeah, so he's, he wants Eric to be a tutor for, I don't know if I wrote his name down. I didn't. Some basketball player who has a bunch of colleges that want him to go, but he needs a C average yeah. in order to make it. And so he wants Eric to tutor him. Uh-huh. And yeah. so he agrees. He Yeah, he does. And he agrees. And then at Chubby's, they're studying. He's like, okay, this is a really easy one. Who was the king before before Louis the Fourteenth? He's like, I'm not following. <laughs> Louis the king. <laughs> and Eric's just like, oh my gosh, oh, oh oh my god. Okay, it's it's the fourth quarter. Uh-huh. We're two points behind. If you make this shot, we win the game. In game, just answer this one question, and a girl comes down 
hey, is that your Porsche? Yes. yes. We win. And he slams the book closed, and Eric's like, we have to study. Like, this is study time. And then the guy's like, is that all you straight C students think about? Yes. Uh, <laughs> is that all you straight C? And he's like, let's go take a ride in my Porsche. And he's like, you, you can't fit four people in a Porsche. And he's like, you can if the girl sits in your lap. He's like, well, let's go. <laughs> yeah, Eric's like, you're right. Let's go. Um, they drive around for three hours. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I do like the joke. Who painted the Sistine Chapel? Michelangelo. Hey! No, I'm just joking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but then they get back to the house, and Eric's like, I just drove around for three hours with a pretty girl in my lap. And Alan's just like, I hate it when that happens. Which <laughs> um, is really like good deadpan kind of delivery. Yes. I hate it when that happens. Uh, Corey has good little brother energy in uh-huh. this scene. He's like, oh, you didn't hear? The school's all-American heroes being tutored by the school's all-American cheesehead. <laughs> Corey, the phone's ringing. No, it's not. Smack right on the ear. Oh, Uh-oh. there it is coming. <laughs> there it is. I'll get it. Um, good good little brother energy. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be very positive for Corey this episode. Me too. Um, Again, when he kind of takes a backseat role, yeah. he really just gets to shine. Because you don't see kind of how horrible he is. It's true. I mean... This episode, I feel like, is how the show should have been. Sean as the main character and Corey as, like, the comic relief best friend. Mm -hmm. He does well there. He does. This is when Corey is at his most likable. And he's kind of being an obnoxious little brother, but Eric also is a very well-written big brother in this one with the smack. And later on, when they're like, when Amy goes, or he yells at Amy, and Amy's like, hey, I'm your mother. And he's like, you're right. I shouldn't take my anger out on you. That's what Corey's for. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good spot for him. It'd be a weird show, though, if it's like, the show's about Sean, but it's also about Corey's family. <laughs> but but You'd have to rework it. But I, it's just interesting because I don't think feel like a lot of shows do that. Other than maybe Family Matters, if you think it's about Steve Urkel. It definitely becomes it's about, about Steve Urkel and the family that lives next door. Yeah, but, I mean, isn't that kind of... Later seasons will definitely try to paint it as, like, no, the Matthews are Sean's real family. Mm-hmm. Like, the... the it's, it's kind of a fun take on yeah. that whole, like, a family comedy. Yeah. But it's, like, about the kid who's sort of the one that's informally adopted into the family. Yeah. As sort of the main character. I mean, and for a, in a way, you see that with Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mm-hmm. Um, the nephew that comes in and is raised. Um, yeah, it would be mostly just him showing up there, but that's kind of what we got anyway. Man, Fresh Prince is a good show. It is. I need to rewatch it. It's a great show. I'm almost done with the middle. Then Fresh Prince. And then I'll watch Fresh Prince. The theme song. No. We're not going to sing it. So good. But yes, we'll spare you. Um... um so there's tutoring. Eric's like, it's not going anywhere. Like, it's kind of pointless. Like, I recite all this, like, the history of Europe from whatever to whatever. And he's just nothing. Um, and so he, like, feels like giving up. Um, I'm trying to remember the joke Feeney tells. It's something about not getting paid. Oh, that isn't a But he, he's talking with his family first. And um, Eric's like, well, maybe, you know, this guy's got 20 colleges hounding after him. And I, I got none. Yeah. I like, maybe I should start... Uh, like playing basketball and he has something he's like he sees the basket he shoots and he throws the fruit to try to get it in the sink but smashes through the window he sucks he pays yeah <laughs> so he gets his dad some money yeah um so i thought that was really funny yeah he was. shoots he sucks he sucks <laughs> um 
Yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. it's a good thing for Eric, even though this plot is pointless if he doesn't like end up in education. <laughs> uh-huh. But then he gets the midterms back. He's like, there's, again, FERPA violation from Feeney here, where he just shows Eric that the guy he was tutoring ended up getting a C. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, but here's yours. And he shows Eric his paper. And he's like, Feeney, you left something off. It says A. A what? <laughs> no, Eric, that's your grade. It is. I got an A. And then he starts giving, like, a graduation valedictorian speech in the hall. He's like, oh, give it up, man. It's just one test. Yeah. And this is when he has his whole, like, oh, it's really rewarding to learn something and, like, to teach someone something. And he has this moment with Feeney. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the... I mean, I mean, that's the end of that plot. Yeah. And it, well, and he's like, what am I going to get out of it? Like, if I help him do all this and he goes and becomes famous and successful, what do I get out of it? And then Feeney's just like, you get used to it. Yeah, well, he says something like, I'm just going to help him for no money. <laughs> yeah, and then it's, you get used to it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, But then it kind of ends with, oh, Feeney, you sly dog, you got this one over, you had me help him, so I ended up helping myself. Mm-hmm. And then he walks off, and Feeney's just like, got lucky with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Which, it's not. I mean, one of the best ways to learn something is to teach it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also Eric. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is also Eric. Um, I, I really like using the martial arts metaphor, like the black belt and once you're a black belt you you really just know the basics well enough to teach them and then you start really learning how to use the basics by teaching the basics Mm -hmm. Um, that's how i feel with fractions it's like i always understood fractions like as a concept but then when i started teaching them to my students which has been a couple years because i don't teach math anymore um i just ignore it no i teach reading and social studies but um it's just like because i always knew like well you need to if you're reducing the fraction this is what you're doing or if you're needing to change the denominator to add or subtract this is what you do but not really understanding exactly why you could do that Mm -hmm. but just like because you're multiplying by one essentially all the time or dividing by one but just as a fraction like two over two or Mm -hmm. whatever and so it, uh, it's just realizing how it all works together and being able to think about it more completely, which I never did as a student, but as a teacher, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you kind of have to. Um, so, I mean, it, this is a good teaching tool, Feeney. Um, if it wouldn't have worked out for that one basketball player, <laughs> we'd be having a different discussion because... But it's a TV show, so of course it worked out. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it did. Um, and that's, that's the end of Eric's plot. Now we can just push Put it, it to bed. Thank you, Eric, for all of your service. Mm-hmm. You may go now. Yep. You're not a bad plot like you were the, the Brenda Marsh plot. Mm-hmm. But you're just, it's, it doesn't fit. And it messes with our timeline, something fierce. Eric's does? Yes. Because finals, but there's already been finals, but they're taking a test. Because they're taking a midterm. They call it a midterm. So I'm thinking, I really am thinking that John Adams is on a trimester system. Where it's like they took finals, but it was only the second trimester, and then they took their final trimester, and that's why he, maybe he was, maybe they're like on a block schedule. I don't know exactly how block schedules work, but it sounds nice. But maybe they did like two hours of U.S. history, and then the third trimester they're doing European history for those two hours, and it counts as like different credits or something. Um, Okay. I don't know, because it's just like we had those finals 
when there's still like six episodes left. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. The truth of the matter was that that episode was meant to come after this episode and the next episode. Walt as Disney episode. Um, especially with the prominence of Topanga with Corey. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, they decided to air them this way. I feel like this episode even probably should have come out after the Disney episode. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think. But the Disney episode also should have been the finale. So, I wonder if like... Linkus is at it again. Well, no, we can't, no. Because your trimester... Your trimester the trimester ex- stuff makes sense. Yeah, the trimester explanation makes sense. Maybe they do like a two longer semesters and then they do like a catch-up trimester where they really focus on a subject or something. Could be. Um, kind of, kind of. What what did we call those classes that we did in a couple weeks at OSU? Like a J term, yeah. Intercession, yeah. Intercession is technically the term. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe they just like take like one really abbreviated class. So there's like one class kind of wedged in there. That's why it's a midterm because it's only like a few weeks after, halfway through. I mean, if we're talking nine weeks, like we've been in school two weeks of this last nine weeks. And I just got an email like, midterm grades are due. It's like, crap. I've only been here two weeks. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yep. So I think I think we just have to assume it's like a it's like a trimester system. I'm I'm really thinking like they do like two slightly shortened semesters and then like a, an intensive. Mm-hmm. Or they could even be using the term final to talk about like the nine weeks because it's like you have four quarters. Mm-hmm. Which would, that would also work as well. Just like we have these four quarters, we do a final at the end of each quarter. That just doesn't. The, the only reason that doesn't work for me is because Feeney intends to retire after the finals. That's true. It doesn't make sense with the trimester either. But well, I mean, if it's an abbreviated semester, I mean, people plan to retire all the time. Like my mom knew, like a few years before she retired, that she was going to retire. She knew like the date. Yeah, and but, she's a teacher, which is why it's relative. It's not yeah. just <laughs> she worked at. 7-Eleven or something and was ready to retire. Yeah, but I think I think our canon explanation as to why there can be midterms right now is going to be they it's just have kind of a funky calendar. Mm-hmm. That's some sort of three-semester, yeah. also known as trimester, kind of system in their school. Yep. They're coastal. They're weird up there. I'm thinking like maybe like April and May. It's just one semester real quick. Just a Could be. Quick intensive. Who can say? This is not the last time we're going to have to mess with timeline in this episode but no <laughs> this one was the easy one this is the, this is easier um okay now where does this episode pick up um um they are sean is on the phone mm-hmm. in, in the hallway turner's right mm-hmm. turner's hallway yeah okay and turner comes out and sean's like hey i'm trying to use the phone what's your secret code and then Corey's like oh it's one four one three yes it's the same as your your bank code by the way i owe you 40 bucks <laughs> So, Just like a what? I literally wrote, Corey, what? <laughs> I feel like this is really the point where we're seeing Corey, where he's just like over-involved in people's lives. Yeah. Like to the point of it being comical. Yeah. Because that's what it is this whole time. Is he just gets in way too deep, but it's funny how he's in way too deep. It is. And it's also slightly concerning because Corey stole 40 months That's also Turner. true. Yeah, it's his friend's roommate. Whatever. Why did Corey steal $40 from Turner? <laughs> what could he have been doing? And why couldn't he have just asked his parents for it? They seem to be good for it. I just... Maybe he... I got it. He was watching TV 
at Turner's with Sean, something came on the television that he really, really wanted to order, but he doesn't have a credit card. He's a kid. His parents were there. Bam. Turner's card. He knows the code. Orders it on off the telephone. The telephone. Now I almost said the telly, but that's the television. And I'm not British. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where that came from. That that's it. That's right there. Corey's like, bam, I know your bank card stuff. I'm just gonna do this. I'll give it back to him. Yeah, no big deal. Um but Jean's like, no messages from I guess he's calling um the answering machine to see if there's messages. Yes. It all makes sense to me now. I'm like, what is he trying to do? <laughs> But he was trying to call the answering machine at home to see if his dad left any messages. He's like, there's no messages, whatever. And then we're like, well, you know, last time we heard from him, he was at the Vatican. There's only one phone there, and it's in the Pope's bedroom. You don't want to go in there. Yeah, you don't want to go in there. So kind of some, uh, uh, what was that? Uh, it's called something. They named a movie after it. Spotlight? Spotlight. <laughs> kind of that Spotlight article um, influence there. Was that out at this point? I think so. It was. Was that the 90s? Yeah, it was 90... I want to say 95, 96, but I could be wrong. Cameron Google something. Cameron Googles when Spotlight takes place. Uh, Spotlight is a great movie, which you should definitely watch. It was 2003. The article didn't come out until 2003? During the Globe, the 2003 Pulitzer Prize for Public Service. Well, that's when they won the Pulitzer, but when did the article... 2001. Okay. I think of it as such a 90s thing. Who knows? I mean, a lot of it happened in the 90s. Yeah. Before then. And they say, especially in um, New England, which I, I, Philadelphia, I, is it Philadelphia, New England? Mm-hmm. Well, no. It's a middle colony. Well, it's its own thing. But it was, it's not considered New England at all. But, Don't you dare say that to a New Englander. They will punch you in the mouth. You are not a New Englander. I'm not. I know. I'm warning you. <laughs> but I, in that area where like Catholicism is really entrenched, which Philadelphia probably not as much as Massachusetts. They were Quakers. Huh? They were Quakers there. Well, that, Philadelphia itself is very Catholic. No, they're, they're all Quakers. They look <laughs> like the Quaker Oats guy. Okay. It's everyone. I mean, there are definitely Quakers there, but um, I, I feel like in that area, they say that like every family knew someone who's who had someone abused by... Wow. A Catholic priest. That like, just... Yeah. Not good. Maybe they weren't making a jab at that. Maybe they were just saying, you don't go in the Pope's bedroom. He's a holy man. But he said you don't he's not. want to go in there. Yeah. Not maybe, that you should he's an untidy man. You don't want to have to go in his untidy bedroom. Maybe they, Maybe I was reading into the joke with my, 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 my future knowledge. Maybe so. You're probably right, though. Um, but it very much felt like... <laughs> Catholic priests, you know. You gotta watch out for them. I mean, even in um, uh, V for Vendetta, when it was originally written. Yeah, because that was like, a, was that the 80s? I think it was the 80s, yeah. But even then, like one of the big plot points is Catholic priests and child prostitutes. So it's just always kind of been Catholic mm-hmm. priest abuse children is kind of just knowledge. Yeah, that's one where I like the uh, movie better than the graphic novel. They're very different. Mm-hmm. Well, because the graphic novel is more about anarchy. Yeah. But, like, anarchy leads to personal responsibility. Yeah. And society's going to be just fine without some big overarching government. But the movie's just more like... Theoc- theocracy is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, hyper-conservative uh, theocratic control is detrimental to society. Mm-hmm. Which I think we can all agree on. Seems um, to be the case. I mean, yeah. So, anyway. Um, Neither here nor there. You should maybe watch the movie, though, if you haven't. Yeah. It's great. And, and the, the graphic novel is good as well. Maybe a little too long. It is pretty long. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, and this is a lot for a throwaway line. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's really dive into why his bank number is one four one th- or one four three four. Why do you? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> um. Uh, here's my next point that I really want to bring up. Starting in life lessons, suddenly, out of nowhere, Turner's wearing suits now. Yeah. What's happened to him? Has he gone, he's gone corporate. Yeah, but what, I, I really am curious, like, why is Turner wearing suits I mean, now? he's always worn a tie. Feeney's getting to him, I bet. Yeah. I bet there's some off-screen pressure from Feeney to really button up. But he's always worn jeans. Tucked in shirt, tie. Tie. Probably too long and too big of a tie, but a tie. Too loud of a tie. <laughs> And, like, then he wore a suit for the fashion show. No, he didn't even then. He just had a suit, shirt, and tie. Oh, yeah. And he said, this is the nicest thing I own. I guess. Maybe word got out to his parents, and they sent him some money to buy himself some clothes. Yeah. My point here is, I kind of feel like this episode, and maybe Life Lessons to an extent, is kind of trying to, like, deconstruct and de-prominent, prominentize, like, sideline Turner. Kind of feels that way. Yeah, maybe they knew he wasn't coming back. I, I I'm just not sure why a lot of the choices in this episode were made, and if they knew Turner wasn't gonna be a big part of season four, which I can't really think of anything he does in season four. He comes back in season five. There's no, that's season four. What you're thinking of? Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's season four. Yeah, I can think of one time in season four that he shows up. Other than the one I'm thinking of, the one you're thinking of. Yeah, and it's just like. Maybe they knew he wasn't going to be back as a series regular um, for whatever reason. Which is a shame. It really is. Because a lot of this episode I really struggled with. And again, we'll get into it, but I think it's complicated stuff. So the fact that I'm struggling isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, oh, it is. I mean, <laughs> just joking. But I, I've got to think, like, they're trying to make Turner a little more generic. They're trying to kind of... yeah. Push him to the side. A He's lost bit. his edge, especially when we get to the apartment a little later on. I kind of think they do some character assassination for Turner a little bit. Oh, for sure, he doesn't look great here. Yeah, um, but, yeah. but also it's sort of understandable too. It is a single guy struggling with whether or not he wants to take legal guardianship of a sixteen-year-old boy, which um, Corey and Turner start talking about what's bothering Sean and. Corey goes, this goes way beyond puberty. (laughs) This is way worse than puberty. You mean puberty? Yeah, puberty. (laughs) (laughs) Which is Yeah, but something's clearly upset Sean. Mm -hmm. Something's really getting his goat. Mm -hmm. Um, But we don't know exactly what. We know he's tried to talk to his dad, so it's probably related. Yeah, yeah. It's probably that year anniversary coming up. and Mm, And puberty. And puberty. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. Turner's suit, I feel like, signifies something. <laughs> as weird we're as really, that We're really peeling back the curtain. Um, and the, but in this day part, Corey's like, and here's the 30 bucks I owe ya. He's like, wasn't it 40? Good memory. That is the most Harley Kiner thing Corey Matthews has ever right? said. I literally thought that. I was like, oh my gosh. I wrote, Corey, that's very Harley. I, I don't know if that was a callback to, uh, what is it, like, oh, the teacup, the teacup. Good eyes. Yeah, it definitely feels <laughs> that way. <laughs> he 
He did date his sister for a little bit. It's true. It's true. Maybe he's still hanging out with DK yeah. on the side. We can just assume. I mean, he's not with Topanga right now. His parents said he needed to see other people, so he's probably reconnected with TK a little bit. I don't see why not. Yeah. He's, he and Harley actually have a pretty solid relationship on the side that we just don't see. And he's just picking up some of his Harleyisms. I mean, in all honesty, they just might. <laughs> like yeah. Based on future knowledge, they might. I, I'm, I'm fine with canonizing it right now. Yeah. Timeline. <laughs> Corey and Harley. Becoming friends. Um, So Jonathan decides, like, he's got to do something because Sean isn't happy. He's had the guardianship papers um, for a few months, and he's been trying to decide, like, what to do. Um, So he's got to do something. So in the next scene, he does something. Mm -hmm. So they say we're going to go look for apartments because this place isn't big enough. But then they come back, and they're like, Sean just kind of has had an issue with every single apartment. And he's like, and what was that with that one apartment? There wasn't even any furniture in it. It was an unfurnished apartment. That's what. That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, which was just good. But yeah. Sean doesn't understand that concept, but also probably does. And is just really nitpicking at every little thing. Yeah, Sean doesn't want to move. Yeah, because he doesn't want it to be permanent. Maybe. Or he's scared of it being permanent. But that's a big step. Yeah, I... I mean, I guess we can just talk about the whole thing right now because, like, I'm really... What's bothering Sean is really hard in this one. So later on, they'll talk about, like, the guardianship papers and Turner not signing them. And um, he knew he got them, but it seems like they haven't really communicated about what's going on with the papers. I'm, I'm wondering what Sean's issue is in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, is it that he really wants his dad back? I mean, obviously that's hurting his feelings and should be hurting his feelings. But is the problem, like, does he not want to move with Jonathan because it would make it permanent, like you said? Or is, because this is kind of, I I may be projecting here. So. Yes, I was curious your take on this, given your (laughs) history. Um, Is it that, okay, so I can see this going a few different ways. But here's the one that makes the most sense to me. Sean, when the idea of like moving comes he's like oh i thought this was my home like i thought i lived here now but now you're saying like we need to move to make this better and like even though jonathan is doing it for sean like sean doesn't want that he 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 made this his home he wants this to be his home if this was never his home then he's just been a guest the whole time um so I have lived most of my life feeling like a guest no matter where I am. Like I, and I get that. Even like in, after college when I was working a couple of jobs, I like got this kind of big apartment for myself. Um, you came and visited me there once. The two-story one. I don't know if I ever went in. You did. You slept there once. Um, but I don't remember. Uh, but cool. Yes. <laughs> um, no, we must unpack the, all of my memories now. Where's um, the keeper of my past? <laughs> Terrace, I need you. Um, but I, I've lived most of my life as a guest. So when I was, I got this big apartment for myself and I was like, man, it's going to be just me. Like I'm making good money. And then there was a grad student who really needed a place to stay. I was like, yeah, okay. Like I've got an extra bedroom and like having the rent with someone would be really nice. So sure. And I don't know if it's just because like most people have homes and I haven't in a long time or what. But, like, no matter what, my roommate always seems to, like, kind of take over the home. (laughs) And I just end up feeling like a guest, like, every single time. Um, 
And so I I really relate to that idea when Sean's like, I'm tired of feeling like a guest no matter where I am. Like, I get that. I really do. Um, even in, like, the place I'm living now, like, because I, I live at a homeless shelter and I live in, like, a place they provide for me because I work for them. Like, there's still, it's still, like, always in the back of my head. Like It's not really my home. Yeah, it's not really my home. And, like, whenever I'm there, I'm working. Um, like, I, so I really relate to Sean in this, when he says that, when he talks about that. Um, but the conclusions being reached don't make a whole lot of sense to me after that. Like, I understand why Sean doesn't want to move. Like, the whole, like, I want the next move to be the right move. And I really think this comes from this whole, like, Turner deciding to move thing. Because I really think Sean was like, well, no, this was my home. Like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I don't understand why this is happening. To Turner, it makes sense. Like, we'll get a place that's our place since this place was my place. But that kind of recontextualizes everything to Sean. It's like, oh, this has never been my home either. I thought it was. Yeah. But now it's not. Yeah. And because I, I, so I have a feeling that say I were to like marry my girlfriend and move into her place. I feel like that place would become so home to me. That it would actually be very difficult for me to leave it because it's never I've never felt at home mm-hmm. in a really long time. So that's what it that's what it seems like to me, even if we're like moving to a bigger and better place for good reason. Yeah, it's just like, oh, I'm attached to this. Yeah. Place. Like this is something I don't normally have. And and we definitely get that at the end of season two, like following that up, because they're very much like, what's it gonna be like to be a housebroken dog? Like, Sean is viewing it at the end of season two like, no, this is my permanent home. And even with the Dana thing, like, he is so tied to the idea of Turner that, like... like they can't they can't date. Our, it's almost like our parents can't date. Yeah. <clears throat> like, he refers to him as his buddy and whatnot, but... Yeah. So, th- this, this episode seems to take, like, a really sharp turn and trying to, like, justify it in my mind because that's what we do on this podcast. It is the path we have taken for ourselves the only thing i can think of is like so a few months ago turner got these papers and then like hasn't said anything and sean has been getting frustrated because he doesn't know like what's going on he's assumed that he's just turned him in and uh turner's his legal guardian now but then things start changing and sean doesn't know why and then it comes out that he hasn't turned the papers in yeah he's like well, what are you waiting for yeah Sorry, my life is an inconvenience for you. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, I annoyed you with my friendship. Yeah, so I, I really think that's what's going on. Like, that's the only way it makes it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Because Sean, like, like, like you said, in Pink Flamingo Kid, which this seems to be like a direct follow up to, Sean kind of learned the value of found family. Mm-hmm. Like, if this episode had come right after that one, you would expect Sean to be like, well, I have a dad. And, like, look at Turner, like, all wistfully mm-hmm. or something. Like, it would have been all right if Chet just never reared his head ever again. Well, yeah. And I know the future of the show. But I'm just saying, like, if this was a real situation, Sean probably would be better off with Turner. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chet even admits that. Like, yeah. you're, he's in a good... You're, I thought you'd be in a better place. Yeah. And, and honestly, he probably was. Your blood relatives aren't necessarily always the best people to live with like Mm -hmm. they aren't always necessarily the best people for you and yeah so i just had a lot of thoughts about this episode and at one point i was even thinking like are they like losing some kind of family values demographic so they want to reintroduce the idea of like sean's family getting back together to like glorify the family a little bit more I don't know because I don't feel like, or at least remembering this show and remembering like even just on my DVD cover for this season, like Michael Jacobs has a 
letter that he writes and he's like we were like this season is when we were like crushing it in every department like every demographic absolutely loved the show um and that kind of continues this was kind of the start of that ramping up and it becomes more of like a teen drama but i don't like when it was especially the teen more drama comedy like that's what my i remember watching it with my family mm-hmm. and it was like a thing yeah and maybe it is they're just losing anthony michael quinn that's his name, right? I think Tyler Quinn. Tyler Quinn. Thank you. Maybe they were just losing him and like... Needed maybe, a reason to. Yeah. Maybe that... It, it just seems so weird. But why's he got to take Eli with him, man? <laughs> yeah. No joke. Uh, Eli is... So good this episode. Yeah. Eli is great. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I feel like we've talked about other things that come up. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Eli, they're, they've looked at the houses. Corey even comes in and he's like, don't worry. Because Sean's like, well, there was that condo that I really liked, but it was too expensive. Which, again, is just, like, making excuses. It's like, you didn't like any of them. Well, I liked the one that's not in our price range at all. And yeah. So we, it, it's not possible. But then Corey comes in and he's like, I, talk, I, I talked to him and I was able to talk him down. And look, they're even going to throw in carpets. I recommend you go with the shag because it feels nice between your toes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, Eli comes to the door. Mm-hmm. And it's just great. Yeah. <laughs> the Some... Old lady is hitting on him in the hallway. And mm-hmm. She's like, remember how she said she'd never get over her husband when he died? Never look at another man. She She's over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, Eli is very charming. Um, not not the joke machine he has been. That role is definitely filled by Corey. Uh-huh. But still, every line he delivers, like... It's just gold. This, or uh, Jonathan goes, you could do way worse than her. In fact, I've seen you do way worse than her. <laughs> His response is just like, this building's really going to miss that wit when you're gone. When is that happy day? Uh-huh. But see, and this is the only time Sean's ever talked about here. And he's just like, whenever Sean finds a place, and then Sean's just like, if you guys are going to talk about me, I'm just going to leave. And it's mm-hmm. like... We're, so clearly something's bothering him yeah. for him to respond that way. Yeah, and I think it's pretty clear, like, he feels like something he's saying is not being listened to. Mm-hmm. Now, again, my interpretation that I just gave. He's not saying it. Yeah, but, well, he does say it several times. Like, why do we have to leave this place? That's true. Like, my interpretation is, like, leaving this place would mean something emotionally for him that he doesn't even maybe necessarily realize himself. But I think it's pretty clear when he storms out in this moment, like... He feels like he's saying something that no one is hearing. I I can see that. So everyone's gonna talk about me. Yeah, <laughs> Corey chases after him. Wait, Sean, I've got some you know linoleum samples that'll really knock your socks off. <laughs> Which is fun because socks on linoleum uh-huh. sliding. You're gonna around. slide around, <laughs> and then you fall, and then your socks get knocked off. <laughs> it's all it's all right there. Um, so this is what I've dubbed real estate, Corey. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's a good. He could have a future here. Uh, I can't do some production and journalism on one side, and you know, sells houses on the weekend. Yep, yep. I I love it. Um, then we get the Eric scene. I wrote literally. Should Eric have become Feeny? And then we're back in the apartment. Um, Turner is preparing for a date. cooking, and Eli's there. And he's like sampling it. Oh, chicken all the ranch. There's something something interesting. Did you use Tang again? <laughs> well, oh man, Tang. The throwback that is Tang. Is that still around? I would imagine. Can we Google something? Tang I think is... the theme song is different every time. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize there was a theme song. I thought you just said that. 
Um, uh, Tang, uh, famously invented for the U.S. space program. Looks like you can. It's still. It's showing. Unless that's just saying I should go to Target. I think it's just telling me to go to Target. <laughs> um, it doesn't say it was discontinued. When we do our first live show, we'll have Tang. Mm, it doesn't mention being. Uh, I just haven't seen it in a long time. But then, then again, I also don't. I don't go to look the, for it. Yeah, I don't really go to the powdered juices aisle. Tang is good. They made it to go to space or something. Yeah. Um, they made it for the the space shuttle. Um, but it, I remember drinking it as a kid and just being like, "This is awesome." What was the powdered juice beverage of choice in your home growing up? Kool Aid. Was it? Mm-hmm. You lucky duck. And I feel like Country Time Lemonade. You got all the good stuff. Yeah, we were a pretty big deal. You know what mine was? Tang? Crystal Light. Ours was that too for a while, especially around the turn of the millennium. It was it was just always Crystal Light. And I was just like, are you kidding me right now? When I, when we, I was much younger, it was Kool-Aid when I was like a little kid. But then I do remember around fifth, sixth grade, so around the year 2000, Crystal Light really moved into prominence. Yeah. My it, grandfather is, is diabetic, and he always has been. Um, so, I mean, any sort of, like, sugar-free sort of thing is always big in the family. So, it makes sense. I guess so. I just always wanted Kool-Aid so much because it was so much better. Because Yeah, because it's way better. <laughs> but... Crystal Light is fine if that's what you need. And, I mean, we could all do with a little less sugar. Um, it's true. But do we really need Crystal Light? I've just... I've always held a grudge. It also sounds like some sort of street drug. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Actually, there there is an episode of... Um, I've only seen this clip, but it's like where celebrities show off their homes. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, MTV Cribs? Cribs, yeah. I, I've seen this clip a few times where this guy's like, you know that, that really expensive beverage, Cristal? Well, I was at the store once and I found Cristal Light. <laughs> and this stuff is super cheap and you, you, it's super tasty. I just I remember seeing that and being like, whoa. <laughs> Cristal Light. Um, but anyway, MTV Cribs. We love you. Come on the show. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't see why not. I, I don't think I've ever seen that show. I don't think I have either. I just know this is where the magic happens, is what you're supposed to say every time you open your bedroom door. <laughs> this is where the magic happens. Um, so yeah, uh, Tang. Come on the show. <laughs> Mandalay International. Mandalay International. They do Oreos. Oh, I want an Oreo. Oreo, come on too. Whoever's behind Oreo's Twitter can come on too because they do good work. Oreo's Twitter does good work. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you tried the new Oreo cookie dough blast at Sonic? I have not. It's good. good. It's very cookie doughy. Hmm. Which I mean, what's not to love about that? You would hope, right? <laughs> There's like three cookie dough balls in there. Mm-hmm. It is called a cookie dough blast, not yeah. a cookie ball cookie dough fizzle. There, but there's like Oreo cookie dough, like actual like Oreo cookie dough, and then like chocolate chip cookie dough as well in the blast. Like the dough they use to make Oreos? I don't know, or, man. And they may be cookies and cream. Or is it like a like a Oreo truffle? Kind of. It's good. Okay, I'm here for it. It's good. Uh, this it's episode, America's drive-in. Yeah. Sonic is America's drive-in. It's ubiquitous. It, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Um, there was one in Massachusetts when we lived up there. Yeah. Yeah. There's Sonics everywhere, right? I feel like they're pretty common. Okay. We're from where they are, their headquarters are. Yeah. And so we are kind of biased, I guess. It's true. The food's okay. The drinks are good. The drinks are good. The treats are good. Um, and some of the food is good. Yeah, some of the, 
some of their food is really spot on. They have a bacon jam cheeseburger right now. That sounds like it could be good. Bacon and jam? Bacon jam. Bacon It's a certain jam. type of jam. Oh, wow. Okay. So maybe like an onion jam with bacon in it. Huh. We'll have to... I'll we'll, do investigate. We'll have to We'll report back to you, dear listener, because I know you're really curious now. We just need to do a fast food podcast. We should just do a bonus episode every week where it's just whatever show we say we're going to make <laughs> during that show, the, the, the main show, we do that. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I don't want to put in that kind of effort. I mean, maybe it wouldn't be that much effort. <laughs> Just a little half hour uncut. We could call it Cameron and Chance's Random Things. <laughs> Cameron and Chance's Favorite Things. <laughs> this week, Oprah. This week, Oprah. Next week, Monster Hunter. The week after that, Sonic. Crystal Light. <laughs> Crystal Light. The week after that, more Monster Hunter. The week after that, Space Cases Aces. Space Cases Aces. And we then Pete and, Pete and Chance and Pete and Cam. <laughs> Pete, wait, what? It's the Pete and Pete, but with Cam and Chance. So. Yes. Pete and Chance and Cam and Pete. <laughs> Pete. I feel like it needs it. to end on Pete. I agree. Animal Podsing. The very first one I ever made up. I don't know. It was our Animal Crossing podcast. Oh, right. It was like the first the first big idea. Um, I did recently re- uh, demolish my old island and create a new one um, for a four-year-old, and I let him name it, and he named Poop it... Poop Town. He named it Lovey Doo. Oh. I, my original island I had named after my children, Nash Noel, because Nash and Nolan, mm-hmm. um, but then I deleted that one and like august and i started flavor town mm-hmm. and then i played for like a couple weeks and i never went back yeah so i feel even worse than if i were to still go back to national because i feel like there was so much there but i feel really bad because there's like not much at all yeah the four-year-old really couldn't get the hang of playing he he really struggles with like two hands yeah it takes some some work no one likes to play this game called um Rolos. donut county oh donut county which you're you play as a hole in the ground and you go and swallow stuff up, and you get bigger. Yeah. And so you're able to swallow bigger things. Sort of like a reverse Katamari Damacy. Yes. Um, sort of. Mm-hmm. Which is another great game you should look up. If you have a Switch, you really owe it to yourself. Now, the music alone. For bo- both of those games, they're pretty cheap. You could probably pick up both for around 20 bucks. This is this is like a tangent within a tangent. I'm loving it. Yeah. It's just so good. <laughs> um, but yes, you were saying, Nolan likes... You should play Donut County. Oh, I thought you were talking about, like, two-hand... Oh, I feel like that really got him to do it. Okay. Don't I mean, I guess you only move with one, but you have to push some buttons sometimes. Okay. Because you eventually get a catapult where you shoot things out of the hole. Ooh. And you can kind of use that to interact with the world in different ways. It's really a delight. Like, every single level is just kind of a surprise hmm. and a little treat. I wonder if Nolan and or... Anyway. No. Bringing it back around, Sean enters the picture. <laughs> No, I want to keep talking about <laughs> Catwar de Mossy. Yeah. <laughs> Got the money de That's going to make great audio. I was about to say, I should go play that after this, but I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm going to play Monster Hunter. I was about to say Monster Hunter. Yeah. What is Monster Hunter if not Katamari Damacy in its own way? You're rolling this little ball and sticking things to it and getting bigger. <laughs> You go and you fight the monsters and you wear them as clothes and get better and stronger. It's It all connects. Sure. Sure. Okay. Anyway, thanks for listening to that aside. <laughs> of an aside. <laughs> of an aside. Um, yeah, so they're, they're talking about what's bothering Sean and then who should enter but Sean himself. <gasps> Sean! <laughs> and 
uh, he's like, oh, I thought you were eating dinner at the Matthews. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to turn in. Like, I didn't I, I didn't feel like going over there. And he's like, what are you making? Oh, chicken a la tang. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're kind of in a talk. And then Sean sees he got a letter from his dad, which he just throws in the trash. Because yeah. he's like, it's from a truck It's from a truck stop in Reading. It's like 50 miles away. Yeah. Like, he can't even bother to come see me. He's just 50 miles away. Mm-hmm. Um, which is completely understandable. Yeah. That really sucks. Yeah. That would give me... And again, he's better off with Turner. Uh-huh. Um, the guy who... Anyway, we'll get there. Um, also, speaking of Monster Hunter, I think it's because I've been playing it so much, but Sean's shirt in this scene, it has like these little red and green and white squares and it looks like the icons for different items <laughs> from monster hunter oh, it's like the yeah. green ones look like potions and the red ones kind of look like like raw meat or whatever and the white ones look like traps i could see i'd it. wear a shirt that looks like that you'd wear a monster hunter icon shirt mm-hmm. i would too i would too i'd also wear a monster hunter monster icon shirt oh, from yeah. the rise the icons are very beautiful there's there's some good monster hunter shirts out there i think I think they're all world right now, but the Rise ones have to be on their way. They have to be on the horizon. Why did you say? Oh, Horizon. Got it. <laughs> Got it. I'm tracking with you. I'm tracking with you. Um, yeah, Sean, I, I didn't hate the shirt. No, I thought it was fine. Yep. But he's very upset because his dad's a deadbeat. Yep. And um, Turner wants to cheer him up, so does something pretty stupid. Um... But he's like, hey, I uh, talked to a lawyer today, and in 48 hours, I'm your legal guardian. And Sean's like, wait, I thought you did that months ago. Yeah, so that just sets Sean off even more. Yeah, and then Turner says maybe the most character assassinating line ever, like, well, I was gonna, I just didn't get around to it. Oh, so I'm inconvenient <laughs> yeah. to you? Well, and it's just like, that's the worst wording you could ever yeah. do. Like, this is a big decision. I thought we should discuss it. Like, I would never do something like that without, like, really having a conversation with you because it's your life. There's so many ways you could word it. Then I didn't get around to it. <laughs> I didn't get around to it. It's just like, no, Turner, that's bad. What you just said, like, that's bad. Mm-hmm. But who hasn't said something dumb it's in a moment where it's really important that you don't say something dumb? It's true, but... At least acknowledge it after. Uh-huh. Um, and maybe, again, it's a complicated situation. Maybe. I mean, I, I, so one of the principles I live by is you are the, you are best at lying to yourself. Like, no one can lie to you like you can. Um, so maybe Turner doesn't even really know. And maybe he's just having the realization like, oh, actually, I probably should have done this. But I was scared to make the situation permanent. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what they end up on. Yeah, I mean, we do have it established that Turner has commitment issues. Yep. And this is a, I guess this isn't a romantic commitment, of course, but it's sure still a big commitment. Yeah. Though, I will say in that in that episode, kind of the theme of that episode is he wasn't ready to commit to a girl, but Sean is someone he feels that he can commit to. Uh-huh. But, I mean, he didn't know what he was getting himself into, so I can kind of give that a Yeah, pass. this is like, over oh, a few weeks. Yeah. Or as long as you need to, but thinking that it's not going to be that long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and this is where I just wrote down, like, the show really should be about Sean. <laughs> the The show is so much more interesting, at least in the first two seasons, when it's about Sean. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the Matthews house. We have the scene with Eric where he's talking about yep. doing all the, he had to ride in the car and whatnot. <laughs> but then Sean comes in. He's like, <laughs> the best line in the entire episode. Corey, could your parents... Or no, he says, Mr. and Mrs. Matthew, could you guys leave? <laughs> and they're like, no. <laughs> and Corey's like, how about we go outside, Sean? <laughs> yeah. I just love like, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Matthews, 
Good to see you. Can you guys, like, leave? <laughs> I also just, like, when they step out and he's like, um, now that your parents have left the room. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he... I just love that they're like, uh, no, and he's like, rats, I need another plan. <laughs> what? Uh, and then... Uh, he's like, why don't we go outside? Well, now that your parents are the third. And they talk about how he's not going to... I don't I don't know. Oh, he's going to... He's going to go take Turner's bike and go see his dad. Yeah, he's going to take Turner's bike and go see his dad. And... Corey says no. Yeah, Corey's like, no, that's not... That's not a thing that's happening. And then they start talking about, like, why it happened. And, again, Sean is very much... Because I, I, I think they're trying to paint a character like Sean doesn't even really know. He's, like, being emotional. He's... Kind of in an emotional place, and he doesn't even know why he's making the decisions that he's making. And um, Corey's trying to talk him out of this, and like, well, what about like moving into a new place of turn? He's like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Like, I just want the next move to be the right one, the the permanent one, which is the line that really makes me think like he wants like he was happy with his little life in Turner's. He didn't want it to be a bigger thing than it was. Yeah, a bigger thing than it was. Um, and that's what really like set him off, and the fact that his dad's being a deadbeat. But I think everyone else is exacerbating that that frustration. Mm-hmm. For um, sure. But so Sean goes off by himself. Yeah. And he, he he gives like the most like TV Hollywood line ever. Like what could go wrong or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Cut to Porter gets put in the phone. He's at the police station yeah. being picked up. Yeah. He's got one phone call. You really do say that. <laughs> Which we can say that because we're on TV still. Yes. But unless you're the Secretary of Agriculture, in which case yes. you don't get a phone call. You don't get a phone call. Uh, where is where is my date with the President's Daughter? Why is it not on Disney Plus yet? The hashtag we didn't campaign. Make, we didn't make it difference. Um, so can't believe we didn't change Disney Plus's mind with our Twitter campaign. We need our to, three or four tweets. We need to keep it going. Join us, dear listener. Join the movement. Uh, my date with the President's Daughter for Disney Plus. There are dozens of us. Dozens, <laughs> dozens. Um, so Turner comes to bail uh, Sean out because Turner's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a discussion about Turner not being family. I guess. Yeah, which again, it's like, did you not learn this lesson already? <laughs> yeah. Stop playing a Corey and forgetting everything that you've learned. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and regression like that kind of makes sense. It maybe not is not what you want to see for par- character progression. But, but it's, it's not, true to life. Yeah, but it's true to life. Especially if, like, the found family you thought you had has recently disappointed you. Like, being like, well, maybe maybe I was right the first time. Like, it's not, it's not bad. It's just, it's complicated. It maybe not what you want to see. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't feel like it's necessarily bad writing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just is what it is. Yeah. Um, but, and, and then, you know, he's like, oh, the family, like, family's always there from you uh, thing. And I, if I were writing this episode, I would have loved for Sean to have been like, you know what, Turner? You have been family to me. Like, I have a dad. He's right here. Like, you don't have to be blood to be family to be family and that would have been the whole like resolution if i were writing this that's what i would have written Mm -hmm. you'd have put more before it yeah well kind of lead to this point yeah and and there's still quite a bit of episode left yeah there is um but that's not where the episode decides to go and that is kind of a bummer to me um 
just because not that my version would have been so much better it's just like I, f- I just felt like the whole time that's what we were leading up to with the pink flamingo kid and the dana episode which is really dumb but it still like, shows that relationship yeah and the the korean uh turner relationship growing the whole time like i just felt like that's where we were going and this seems like such a setback yeah like a sharp right <laughs> like um so yeah i don't know complicated mm-hmm. feelings mm-hmm so then they have that conversation. It does not go well. Mm-hmm. The next morning, Sean comes to Corey's house. Seems to be in a good... He's like, I got good news. Corey says, there's no such thing as good news before I've had my grape nuts. Yeah. Sean comes to the front door? Uh-huh. Which is weird. Yeah. It's just something I'm pointing out. It's not necessarily something that we need to analyze. Just... Yeah. Sean at the front door was weird. Mm-hmm. But he's moving in with his uncle Mike, mm-hmm. which we'd talked about before. Like, why did he not do that before? But Chet keeps saying, like, you're in a good place. Like, yeah. you're in a better situation. Like, he does, as sort of crappy as he is, like, wanted something better for his son than he would be able to provide him or wanted to provide him. Yeah. And I even feel like, in some ways, that's kind of the mark of a good parent. Is like, I mean, the basic reason why my parents kind of pieced out of the equation was because like they knew like hey we're like actively hurting and being bad for chance and as much as like being on my own sucked like they were at least trying to do what they thought was right mm-hmm. um so in their own way yeah in their own way so i get that like i, I I get that, and maybe that was the best parenting they can do, and maybe this is the best parenting Chat can do, is, like, give them to someone better. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so he's going to go live with Uncle Mike. Uh-huh. I'll be I- surrounded by family, and the FBI agents that surround them. Yeah, yeah, which is a powerful statement after um, Pink Flamingo Kid, and just, like, seeing... It's like, family isn't everything. Yeah. Or, like, family doesn't mean blood family. Yeah, not necessarily. Um and I, I'm not sure why Turner's letting him do it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Corey, feeling very concerned for Sean, goes to take matters into his own hands. Mm-hmm. And he takes Topanga with him. They roll up to that truck stop in Redding, and they just seem very out of place. Yes. But like, they're out of place because they're making themselves be out of place. Yes. What is this Topanga? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope I don't have to go to the bathroom. What is this? I'm not going to spit. I don't like this word, but I'm going to use it. What is this prissy valley girl Topanga? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, it, does, it doesn't fit. Or she's just like generally pretty kind and like self-confident, able to like fit in anywhere. Accepting others' differences uh-huh. all the time. Yeah. Um, this is like rich kid, like heiress mm. Topanga. Yeah, which she is. Yeah. Maybe season one and two Topanga was just like the phase a of a rich phase. girl. Could be. And now like her real like rich spoiled girl like coming out. It, it, when she was just like, I hope I don't have to go to the bathroom. Like, let's just go. And like all that. It's like, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. what? What even is this? And then it's just like, boy, these people sure are rough. And I don't know how to talk to them. Yeah. It's like, maybe if you... It weren't like you just seem condescending yeah <laughs> just like hello now that i've broken the ice <laughs> he like the tough guy like chocks his nose uh-huh. it's just like none of this is normal human interaction no and then the woman who's just like if you're just gonna play pool all day i'll go find someone who appreciates me and who does she go to Corey, the, the obvious child the ob- yes the obvious one that would get you sent to jail <laughs> um is this woman supposed to be like super hot like what is this reaction Corey has? Maybe he just likes the attention. 
maybe he does. But she just like comes and it's like, let's let me teach you to dance. Yeah. So they're dancing, slow dancing, very close together. And then Topanga's like, Corey, what are you doing? <laughs> Interrogating this woman to find out what she knows, which I'm thinking is an awful lot. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. This is this isn't this is a bad thing. <laughs> and then she's like, back off. I saw him first. And then Topanga's like, don't make me laugh. <laughs> Yeah. A little bit of a territorialness, again, it's kind of... was the Disney World episode supposed to be a little bit earlier? It must must have. But also at the end. Nothing nothing makes sense. At the end? As the, the finale. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I mean, it's a great episode, and that's probably why it's so close to the finale. Probably was supposed to be earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I mean, there's nothing so overt that they have to be dating right now. But if if a woman's like, you want to go outside to like talk about this? And Tomei's like, yeah. I mean, it kind of seems like something's going uh-huh. on there. But then Corey's like, ooh, this is so exciting. Yeah. She's like, what, Corey? I guess, yeah. I guess it's the whole like... Two 90s. women are fighting over me. Yeah. Girl fight. Like, it's attractive. The loving of cat fight that was like a 2000s thing, which mm-hmm. I've never understood. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, but then Chet's like, is that who I think it is? Yeah, it's me, Corey. Um, nope, must not have been. <laughs> oh, nope, my mistake. He's like, no, I'm, I'm Sean's friend. Oh, of how, course. How's my shiny boy doing or something uh-huh. like that? Pie? Oh, yeah. no. I, no, I'm asking. Is this pie? <laughs> Got it from the dirties. Um, yeah, he's like it's a brown Betty or something, uh, or dim sum. <laughs> Which sure. Um, and he's just they're just talking about how like Sean really misses you, and he's like I miss him too, but it, he's in a better place. He's mm-hmm. where he needs to be. He's dead. He's in a better place. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then he says something that's kind of shocking. He's like Turner gives me updates. I got a picture of him with his girlfriend. I'm, yeah, like, I'm just like which who Dana Dana. Which again. It would make if this episode was earlier. It would make sense. It would make sense, but we haven't seen Dana in like, a long time. In a while. Maybe our bonus episode for this season is us restructuring the entire season. Uh, yeah, at least this to last, make it make sense. At, at least this last fourth. Yeah, I feel like we would be benefited from our reboot. Yes, maybe we'll do a reboot for this one. I don't know if we should reboot season two because there's only really one plot line of the entirety of season two yeah we'll put a season two episode at the beginning of trying to figure out cory figuring out who he is and then yes it's more like a you know when you have like a holiday special Mm -hmm. like the chilling adventures of sabrina christmas special is boy meets world reboot christmas special Yes. And then we go into the next season. All of the things that he tries and fails at to find out who he is, is just we can just handle it in one montage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's on the wrestling team. It doesn't work out. He's a bad boy. It doesn't work out. Yeah. Um, Literally everything that he does doesn't work out. Yep. We'll, uh, we'll just make that a montage. We'll be good. But I feel like we could use our knowledge for good and mm-hmm. fix it all. Yeah. That'll be fun. I will probably do a season three reboot. Let's I'll, I'll call it. Michael Jacobs up on the phone. Get him on there. <laughs> um, and is is the next one Sean is in jail again? Um, we have a well, he's like talked to Chet. Yeah, about all saying the- all this stuff. And um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, Topanga comes oh. back in. Well, we we missed. This is a very important timeline. Oh yes. Because Corey I don't says wanna. that he is 15. I even wrote, "Oh my timeline." <laughs> Season one 
he starts at 11, turns 12. Then the next year, he's in the seventh grade. I don't think they ever say his age, but we can assume he went 12 to 13. I think they say a few times 13-year-olds shouldn't. Mm-hmm. So now, here we are, technically eighth grade, as far as we know. And he is 15. Yeah, so somehow we have lost a year. Mm-hmm. Or, or we know that Sean is a year older than Corey, so Sean is 15. Maybe he just says... Maybe... Is, is Chad the one that says Corey's 15? No, I think Corey says it, but maybe since Corey's thinking about Sean and Sean's age, maybe Corey says he's 15 thinking about Sean. I do this a lot, actually, where I just kind of round my age up. Yeah, I'm basically 40. <laughs> to the next year <laughs> but like anytime like a couple months after my birthday i'm just like i'm, not, I'm 33 like i'm just i am old <laughs> i know 33 is not that old but last night i started watching a movie at like 10 30 and it got to like 11 30 and i was like i have to stop <laughs> yeah i can't keep watching i'm too i am i'm tired I'm old yeah i get that and that's how that's when i realized i was old <laughs> Um, but I, I mean, I do this, like, where I'm like, I kind of forget exactly what age I am. So I'm just like, I'm like 33, 32. Yeah, at a certain point you forget. That's t- not typically when you're 14. Yeah. I'm, I'm just... You're acutely aware of how old you are at that point. I'm just saying maybe Corey's misspeaking. Maybe, because it doesn't make sense to say they moved up a year because Eric is still in school. Mm-hmm. We can't say, well, they took finals and now we're in another school year because we're about to hit summer. Mm-hmm. And Eric's still in school. And we know Corey's birthday is very late in the year. It is. That'll be reinforced several times. Mm-hmm. His late in the year birthday. I think because they were just talking about Sean, I think Corey is thinking about Sean's age, not his age. I really like this because we're just pushing off the responsibility of having to deal with this <laughs> until his next birthday yes. in season four. When we're really going to have to figure something out. Yes. And I appreciate it. I think pretty early. That's future Cameron and Chance's problem. I think pretty early in next season, you and I are going to have to play our trump card. The one we've been saving. The one I keep mentioning and you're like, no, we can't. We can't. We can't. Next season, I think we're going to have to. No. Here's what it is. In the land of the last episode, Feeny from space comes and takes Corey, the Earth alien. They clone him and implant him with memories, but there's a glitch. When they're implanting those memories in him. And he doesn't really know what age he is, but he thinks he's around 15. He's like, my anatomy, my body feels like I'm about 15. That's why he can't say the word puberty, because he's a clone. He doesn't know. That's why he thinks he can be a realtor, because he doesn't he doesn't understand how the world works. And that's it. So it's clone meets world. Yes, he's no longer Corey. He's Corey 2. Corey 2. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> 2 Corey 2 Matthews. <laughs> 2 Corey 2 Matthews. <laughs> Uh, love both love both these explanations. It's probably the one you said though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that's got to be our trump card here. Like eventually. eventually. Now it's not. Like I'm pretty sure pretty early next season if I'm remembering a specific scene correctly, we're going to have to it's it's going to be pretty early next season. But right now, it makes sense that Corey's just kind of rounding up yeah, by a year. By a year. Because again, he would have just turned 14. Yeah. But again, it kind of makes sense. Like, because if you're talking about someone else and you're thinking about, like, you left your 15-year-old son, Sean, and then you, like, need to bring up your own age, just thinking, like, yeah, Sean's my best friend. I'm 15. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. It's going to impress that lady that was hitting on me before if I appear like I'm an older man. Yes. I'm 15. Oh, wait. <laughs> Still illegal. <laughs> Still illegal. Uh, and then 
Corey and the wo- or Topanga and the woman come back into the bar, talking about to become fast friends. Fast friends. She's like if you tease your hair out, you'd be six feet tall. <laughs> Which again, Corey's heard that. Mm-hmm. And if these episodes are in a different order, when he has his flashback episode and Topanga's hair is teased out. Oh my gosh, Cameron, you're so right. These are out of order because that's now planted that idea in Corey's head. Which, when he gets shocked back to the past in his dream, that's in his subconscious. This episode should have been right after Pink Flamingo Kid. We've cracked it. We've cracked the code. We've done it. The code is... We'll take our Pulitzer now, please. The people who gave the Pulitzer to those other people who figured out the uh, Catholic child abuse scandal. Yeah. This is just a little bit under that in terms of importance. (laughs) The Boy Meets World Season 3 order (laughs) conundrum, just to make it sound more important. It's going to be fun to reboot that back in time episode actually it will be oh i'm excited for it i'm looking forward to it um okay now we're back in jail <laughs> yes because Corey's kind of convinced chet or mm-hmm. we don't know if he's convinced him or not mm-hmm. he's like you need like your son needs you yeah and but then sean's in jail for again. sleeping on a bench so i guess someone called him for trespassing i guess in uh or if he's sleeping in a park and i guess philadelphia criminalizes homelessness yeah but he's also a kid so maybe it's just like we should probably shouldn't have a kid sleeping outside well so i work at a homeless shelter yes tell us i know about people sleeping outside so like i have to call the cops fairly often to get people off the property because they won't like that's just the thing i've got to do fairly often and i always tell them like don't actually trespass them just ask them to leave unless they won't leave then i will trespass them because once you've trespassed someone they have to spend the night in jail um and if you if you trespass so some homeless people especially when it's cold outside will like purposely come off the property and and will just flat out tell me like i'm not leaving call the cops because they know then they'll be somewhere warm They'll be somewhere warm and with food. Um, So, and then in which case you have to trespass them um, because they can't legally take them in if there's no. So what we're saying here is an indictment of our legal system and our care for homeless people. Yes. That we have to criminalize them in order to get them any sort of care, but there's no dignity attached to it. There's criminality attached to it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Being able to call... I see you, America. Being able to call a social worker would be so much better, like an emergency response social worker or something like that. Yeah. Um, But when your only solution is a police officer, every problem looks like a crime. Yeah. So, that's true. Um, I think there's some useful roles for those people, but it's not for everything. Yeah. I'm not an ACAB kind of person, Um, but are cops a catch-all solution for everything? Absolutely not. I mean, they're used that way. Yes. They don't need to be. Um, well, almost no cop will tell you that they've never had to respond to, like, a dog barking in a neighborhood. Like, even that, like, cops have to go deal with. Seems silly. It does. Um, anyway, don't over-police homeless people. But also, someone had to have probably cited, uh, Sean for trespassing to get him in to the pokey. Yeah. Um. The pokey center. (laughs) Yes. The Pokey Center. Um, he has this reunion with his dad. Who's there because he got picked up for unpaid parking tickets. Yep, for unpaid parking tickets. And <laughs> Chet's reaction to his child sleeping homeless on a bench is, did they bring turn on the swirly lights when they brought you in? Shut up, yeah. Chet. <laughs> you're like, I want you with Turner so you're in a better place instead of with me. Oh, you got picked up by the police? Was it just the best time of your life? <laughs> I, I, Been there. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the family. <laughs> Welcome to the family. Um, the Hunters aren't really a family lowercase f. They're a family capital F. Like a 
a crime family. There is no actual relation but, among them. But they're really bad at it. They're the hunter, the hunter clan. Ooh. And uh, I don't know exactly where they got their start. Probably poaching game on some lord's land in England. Moved their way over to America. Set up at the Pink Flamingo Trailer Park. And uh, doing have, their small crimes. Have been getting caught doing crimes. Yeah, they, for- they're, they're not a good crime family. <laughs> But, you know, for every good one, there's got to be, like, quite a few bad ones. It's, and that's the Hunters. It's true. The Hunters are a bad crime family, but they're so lovable. You just keep giving them more chances. <laughs> we didn't do it! <laughs> like, if that's your family motto, we didn't do it. Yeah. Like, you're clearly not a very good... <laughs> you're not a very good crime family. Yeah. That's what he's like. There's always family. And he's like, they're not really your family either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's like, well, let's get you back to Turner's where you belong, and... And they have a talk, and it's like, that's not where I belong. He's like, well, I thought it was better. And he's like, it was different, but I wouldn't say better. I would, Sean. I'd say I better. Would. <laughs> and here's the thing. The whole thing is like, he's going, chasing down Verna, trying to get Sean's mom. And it's like, she just, you know, she needs some time to clear her head. He's like, a whole year? Well, she's got a big head. He is so mean to her. Yeah. Like, every single time he talks about her, it's just like some jab. Yeah. And it's like, no wonder she took off. You're annoying. You're so mean. Yeah. Like... I don't blame her for running away and not wanting to come back. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think it's very clear here that Chet is just making excuses. He thinks that Sean is better off with like a teacher who is responsible and has a stable income and place to live than he is with himself, mm-hmm. um, which is just true. <laughs> like, Yeah, again, not wrong. Um, and then he says a statement that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but probably makes sense to like 89% of people out there which is like yeah but he's not family and like me and maybe you because like of your family history and knowing me but like this statement just doesn't make sense to mm-hmm. me I'm just like yeah because it's like I mean I have not including my parents because I feel like I could go to them if I was in need but it's like I have my cousins and people that are important if you're listening love you guys but it's like if I have an issue or if I need to talk with someone about something like, they're fine people, but I'm not going to them. Like, I just don't know. There's not the... Like, there's history, but there's not that relationship. Yeah. That's going to be the one that I turn to if I'm having a big need. And maybe that's on me for not cultivating that relationship so much. But it's like, we get along fine and, like, they're good people and generally like them all. But it's like, if I have an issue, I'm, like, going to you, like, some of our other friends to, like, talk with them about it. Yeah, talk it out. Um, yeah, people that live in our town, even people that live far away that I feel like I have that stronger relationship with more than like my parents not withstanding yeah like that's who i'm gonna go to yeah my my parents are like 20th on the list of people i'm going to <laughs> i really do have the someone. guy that works the ice cream counter at brahms is ahead of them <laughs> i really do have somewhat of a relationship with my parents these days i don't want people to not think that but it is new it is tumultuous and wild times it is so but yes i i'm going to you i'm going to you know our other friend in town adam um yeah. beasley or aaron or yeah beasley aaron are way up there i'm like i went to my parents <laughs> um so maybe maybe i maybe my view is just skewed but i'm like the reason turner isn't quote-unquote family seems so arbitrary mm-hmm like, it, it just seems so arbitrary, and I'm totally on Chet's side. Like, yeah, like, leave him with Turner. Yeah, Turner's not in the family. Capital F. 
the family. So Turner comes in and bails Chet out. And, <laughs> and, and Sean. Yeah, and Sean. It's Hunter, you made bail. Which one? The little one. <laughs> nice! <laughs> Well, he's like, I'm going to do something that I've not done since you were a little kid. Get, Get a, a job. job? Heck no. <laughs> something better. He gives him, he gives a, him hug. a hug. <laughs> and then he's like, I got to get out of here so I can come back to my son or whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, Turner's like, all right. Yeah. I can tell you this is what you always really wanted, Sean. Because Sean's like beaming. He's really yeah. happy. Which Turner's now ba- bailed this kid out of jail twice. And his father probably couldn't if he needed mm-hmm. to. Father couldn't bail himself out. He had Turner bail him out too, um, and that's uh, also the bail system in this country is also pretty messed up when you think about it. Yeah, bail is just a very strange you don't even have to think system. about it very hard. No, no, it's not. I, the only reason I'm not going to speak on this more is because I don't really know how bail works in a lot of ways. All I know is you pay money to get out of jail, and if you have a lot of money, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You, you, like, pay money to get out of jail, but somehow you can get that money back unless it's smaller crimes, in which case you don't. And sometimes you murder people and people raise the millions of dollars for your bail and release you from jail. And that's cool, even though you killed people, but... I mean, he's a... Mr. Rittenhouse is free as a bird. Except he tried to run. Oh, did he? He left the state, and so they got him again. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he's not so free as a bird, but still. Good. Yeah, shouldn't have been out in the first place. Um, yeah, so, and then they have this thing like, just a bed and a roof and a good friend. And then they hug and that's the end. Mm-hmm. Not a great place to leave Sean and uh, Jonathan, but it's where we are. Mm-hmm. Is there a tag at the end? Yes, of them moving Sean oh, and right. Turner's. And then they take Turner's TV. Yeah. I'm really curious why Turner isn't there. Uh-huh. Like, like why does he trust Chet? Well, why does he trust Chet? Like, I feel like Sean moving out of his place would be a really emotional thing. Mm-hmm. They've already had their moment in the police station, Chance. Yes. Um, Chet steals Turner's TV. He's like, well, you've been living here a year. Teacher shouldn't be watching TV anyway. Mm, isn't that the truth? <laughs> teachers never have fun. Um, and then... Teachers aren't people. Yeah, teachers aren't people. And then uh, Sean has this moment with Corey where he's like, uh, there's something I've been wanting to do for a really long time. I invite you over to my place for dinner. Oh, who's cooking? You are. Well, then I guess I'll be there. <laughs> um, which, Corey is a great friend during. The moment, because I was less positive on the resolution, is not maybe as sweet as it should be. Again, because he's had dinner at your place with Turner many times. Uh-huh. Like, I, don't, I just don't get it, but okay. Yeah. Um, and that's it. And then that that's it. That's the episode. I feel like not a lot of laughs were had um, from us or the episode. Yeah, the, the Eric stuff was more funny. And the Eric stuff was more funny. And, and Corey's real estate is very funny. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's like, what are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm showing a house at 730. <laughs> yes. And uh, at one point he was like, if I rent seven places, I get a cruise. <laughs> um, I like but, how they just tapped into this child labor at this... Uh, Realtor company. I mean, kids will do a lot for a cruise. I've never been on a cruise. <laughs> yeah, kids sure will. <laughs> That's what motivates them. When class, I'm like, cruises in Fortnite. You guys just need to lay off. Um, yes. Uh, but yeah, so 
it, this episode, I think there's a lot to talk about. Uh-huh. Um, I think we've had some good meaty discussions. Uh, sorry out there if you some thought good. it was We funny. love that uh, prime rib. Yep. Let's get into pigs now. I really do like a nice pork butt, mm-hmm. which is just a shoulder. Yep. They call it a pork butt. I don't know why. It says the pork butt is the ham. Ah, it's delicious. Give me that. Bacon. The I, chops. I had some hot links at Swadley's last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's good stuff. This last week we went to um, Clark Crew Barbecue. Oh, I don't know what that is. It's up on uh, Northwest Expressway. Really far from here, but it's really good. Okay. I'll have to take you there sometime. Okay, I'm down. Bro trip. Bro trip for some barbecue. Uh, Swadley's was okay. I'd never had it. Yeah, Swadley's is all right. It was, it, I liked the sides more than the meat. I think this is the second week in a row we've talked to barbecue. Did we talk barbecue last week? We talked about Vans last time. Well, yeah, but that's just my disappointment in Vans. Yeah, but my, I mean, we still talked about barbecue. My ever-present disappointment in Vans. It's fine, but people around here treat it like it's the best thing ever. They have a good bologna sandwich. I've never had their bologna sandwich. Maybe it's cheap, too. It's like two bucks. Maybe four bucks. Well, let's With go get side. it. I think you get a side. It might be two bucks. It's really cheap. Okay. But it's good. But also, right-wing extremists. <laughs> that was the other branch. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's the end of the episode. What'd you rate it? Um, I really don't know. I originally wrote down an eight, because I thought it was fine. I mean, it's, I think it, again, it's good character development, but it's also off a little bit. Yeah. Justice for Mr. Turner. Like, why Why they got to do him dirty like that? Put him in a suit just to ruin his... Ruin his old shtick. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with an 8. You're going to stick with an 8? Uh, I, I put down a 5.5 question mark. Uh-huh. Um, I think I'm going to raise it just a little bit. Because I do think... I try to do these ratings based on the amount of the episode I enjoyed. And I was engaged the whole time. Um, enjoyed, not, not so much. Um, but... I think it brings up a lot of questions about regression. And regression is part of character development. And I, and I don't think it's unfeasible that um, regression happened here. I mean, I had to justify it in my own head, which at the beginning of this podcast, I kind of explained why I think this is all happening. Um, and that's not in the episode, so I can't like factor that in. But I think I'll give it a 6.5. Um, I do think there is more good in this episode than bad. Though my average enjoyment of a Boy Meets World episode, I think this was a bit lower. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the Eric stuff. I think yeah. the Eric stuff boosted it. Yeah. And I think when a more serious episode is done well, like that's really good. It's far better than Stormy Weather. Mm-hmm. Um, not as good, not as, as, good as Life Lessons. Yeah, not as good as Life Lessons. Um, not as good as some serious episodes we're going to get later. Um, so I'm going to give it a 6.5. I know that seems very low. I'm still mostly positive. But I still am. Mm-hmm. Um, but these Sean episodes really, like, strike weird chords with me. I mean, I think we've seen that throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of relation to Sean's story, even though our stories are quite different. Like, a lot of the same feelings are there. So. Yeah. Who is your MVP? I mean, Corey. Same. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's just, he's in his sweet spot. He is. It, this is the most MVPs Corey's ever gotten in a season. And I think it is the most MVPs Corey will ever get in a season. Yeah. But I think season three is... Corey's, Corey's season. season. I think it is. Like, Guess it has some really low parts. Like, now she's right there and I miss her even more. Oh, gosh. Can you believe that was this season? No. It. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Corey, at the very beginning of the season, was awful. And I feel like just recently I hated him. I don't Could remember. Could be for any reason. Uh, it wasn't the time travel. It wasn't life lessons. It wasn't the pink flamingo kid. Stormy weather, he was fine. Or as a lonely hunter, that wasn't really about him. And he got MVP there. Um, kiss is more than a kiss. 
Oh, I think it was Stormy Weather that I hated him. Really? I feel like he was barely in it. Maybe that... I don't remember. Let's not worry about it. Oh, gosh. Kiss is more than a kiss. It may be Kiss is more than a kiss because... I yeah, think... that's right. Where he really stinks. <laughs> yeah. And we gave the MVP to Turner, who's in two scenes. Yeah, because we hated everything. Else. Yeah, because he's just like he's just too cling, clingy, too possessive. Um, yeah, just way too possessive. But here he's great. Yeah. And what did you name it? Uh, I did. So I kind of took the whole like both storylines and I fused them together, and I said boy meets new uh, finding home because Corey's a real estate agent, so he's finding people <laughs> homes, but also like. Sean is looking for home. Mm-hmm. I just said boy meets the truck stop. <laughs> oh, I like that too. I think finding home is a little bit more poignant <laughs> and beautiful. Oh, thank you. So I say we go with finding home. I, w- I was trying to channel modern uh, model family. Boy meets house hunters. <laughs> house hunters isn't a bad name, actually, because it's got the realtor and Sean Hunter house looking hunters. for a house. Yeah, that's not bad either. But we'll go with finding home. <laughs> boy meets finding home. Um... And yeah, I think that's that's the episode. We did it. Uh, we got a listener mail. I already sent you it to you. this to me, actually. <laughs> I don't know why you're gasping. I'm just trying to get build excitement, you know, get the audience to be like, I can do that. I can send a message in, and Cameron's going to, I can make him that happy. Yes, this is from Greta, uh, who's only 13. So, Greta, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. I don't know why you're Makes listening. Makes you feel even older. Thank you, Greta. <laughs> oh, I was going to say it made me feel younger. No, like 13. Well, but someone who is 13 thinks our input is worth listening no, to. That's important. But, I mean, I teach 11-year-olds, and I feel like they don't feel that way. Like, Mr. Liner, your input is worthless. Um, well, Greta, we are so happy to have you as a listener. Um she has been listening to every episode of the podcast, and she really likes it. She loves Boy Meets World 2. Um, is just a big fan of the whole DGI, TGIF lineup. Uh, her favorites are Family Matters and Step by Step. And, of course, Boy Meets World. Uh, those are some great... Step by step, day by day. Fresh start over. Different game to play. Oh, is that what it is? The deeper we okay. fall, the stronger we stay. Make it better second, second time around. And the Family Matters theme is maybe the most iconic theme maybe ever. Probably. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I say that, but I'm blanking because I just had the Full House theme song stuck in my head. It's a rare, rare condition there it is. this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. Love and tradition of the grand design. Some people say it's even harder to find. Well, then there must be some magic brew inside the... It's all I see. Power dream, real love bursting out of every scene. Days go by. It's the bigger love the family. There's that. I was trying to do some percussion. Didn't work out. It made me laugh. That's what it did. Um, and yeah, and she just goes on to uh, say that she likes that we're not explicit. Um, so thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Sorry, we we do uh, with the swears sometimes. We get, a, we get a cuss in there every once once in a while, but um, we did do an entire episode with an episode with uh, with a podcast that has a cuss in the title. That's but, true. We're very sorry. Uh, I mean, we're not. We're not, we're not sorry. We love but. them. 
you know, we, we appreciate that you uh, appreciate us. Um, and she says she is a podcaster herself. Cool. Um, so Greta, we would love to know what your podcast is called. Tell us about it. Um, we'll, we'll plug it on the, on the episode. Um, so there we go. Thank you, Greta, for listening. Mm-hmm. Um, feel free to write in anytime. And feel free anyone to write in anytime. It's true. Let um, us know your favorite cut of meat. Yeah. Let us know is your favorite cut of meat. meat on them bones today. And I'm, I know everyone's got such a different experience with family. Um, and I would love to get some more some more takes in here. Yeah. Um, Cameron's got a re- fairly traditional one. Um, I obviously don't. Um, but I know like there's a ton of different experiences out there. Uh, blends of the two. So yeah, let us know. Right in. At BG World Fever and bgworldfever at gmail.com. Yeah. Also, thank you to Dizzy Parker for the use of our theme song. You can find the link to the video with that song in the description of the episode. And from there, find all the other work that he does. Yep. Uh, We love having a theme song. I think that's everything. (laughs) I was like, do we love having a theme song, Chance? You seemed to be uncertain. Oh, no. I was trying to think about if we needed to cover anything else. We love having a theme song? Question mark? No. (laughs) There's no question mark. I was just thinking... Do we have anything else to cover? But we don't. We don't have any special announcements coming up anytime soon. No, we're almost to the end of the season. We've got some fun stuff in the works, but uh, we can't announce any of it. Yeah. It's got to be surprises. Mm-hmm. So, we'll have our tournament soon, though. Yep, we'll have our tournament soon. We Just think in a we've few got, weeks. We think we've got a guest, our guests booked for that. Um Hopefully. Uh, I will say, just to touch on the tournament for a second, we're getting to the point where asking people to do the tournament with us is a big ask. <laughs> yeah, you've had to watch all of it. Yeah, you've got to watch like a whole season and like not passively watched it. You have to have like watched it enough to have an opinion on each individual episode. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's getting to the point where it's a big ask. Um, I think we're going to have guests this time and we're going to try to get guests for the tournament, but there may become a point where it just has to be with me. Yes. Cause we've chosen this journey for ourselves yep. and we would be sad if some, well, we're not sad because it's something we love and we'd, yeah. we'd, we'd be happy for you to have watched it and enjoyed it and want to talk about it. Maybe not you specifically. I, I don't know all of you, but yes. whoever we're inviting in, you know. Yeah, it, yeah, we're just getting to the point where the tournament's kind of a big ask. So, um, <laughs> but we're gonna keep doing it. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Oh, I love the tournament. The tournament every season has been my favorite episode to record. It's just so much. It's fun. just fun. Um, You're the best around. So the tournament is a staple of the show, um, but I do think we have guests uh, booked. Um, time, whether or not we can find a time, will. Uh, determine some of that, but yeah. All right. Well, I don't, that's all I've got. Yep, me too. So, from all of us here at Boomings World Fever, so long, world. So long, world. When the